Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word. Thanks for taking a moment to be with me. Um, as we look at the coming part of the church year, we're, we're wrapping up a season and getting ready to move into a, a new season of the church year. The season we're wrapping up is Lent. And uh, if you've been around Lutherans or you know, other denominations, one of the questions that's almost always asked at the beginning of Lent is, what are you giving up for Lent? And Lent very much has this idea of, of fasting and repentance. And that's good and right. It's actually a, a good part of our, our life as Christians to uh, separate ourselves from the world, even if it's just for a, a period of, of time, uh, to order to, in order to focus on prayer. And repentance is always the, the way of the Christian life. Um, that, that's, that's the first response of faith, is to turn away from our sin and to turn toward our Savior and to live in his love and in his grace. But if fasting focuses us on Lent, why don't we have a corresponding response or action for Easter? You know, this, this is a time of great joy. Why don't we look at Easter as a time of feasting and celebration? Now, when I say that, I, I probably need to back up just a little bit and make, make sure that I'm clear because, well, we're sinners uh, and we'll take an excuse to run with it. Um, but uh, feasting and gluttony are not the same thing, okay? Uh, feasting, uh, well, the, probably the big difference when you think about the difference between feasting and gluttony is joy. Have you ever gone to a holiday meal and you ate so much that you just felt wretched afterwards? You know, even, even like later in the day or the next morning, you just feel so sluggish and, oh, what did I do? Um, that's not what I'm talking about here. In fact, that's something we want to avoid. Uh, when we talk about feasting, we want to talk about experiencing God's good gifts with joy and recognizing his love in all of these abundant blessings that he has given to us. Uh, for Christmas this past year, I was given a book called Drinking with the Saints. And so it's, it's full of all kinds of different recipes for different uh, cocktails and it uh, recommends different wines for different uh, saint days throughout the year. And one of the things that it makes clear at the very beginning is that this book is not about drunkenness. Drunkenness and gluttony are kind of connected uh, to each other. Uh, the idea is that we take this good gift that God gives us and you sip, and you enjoy, and you rejoice in God's blessings, and you remember all the good that he's done for you. So the difference between feasting and gluttony and drunkenness and sipping, I, I don't know, um, it, it's really about joy, and it's about having a right relationship with, with God's gifts. It's not an overindulgence but it is receiving what God has given with gladness. So I would like to recommend 50 days of feasting. For Lent, we have 40 days of fasting. Easter, we have even more days 
of feasting. And let me, let me just throw out some ideas of things that we might do, starting with Easter Sunday itself. Easter Sunday is a great day to have a feast. And I think that probably a lot of families that are connected to churches do. They gather together as their family and uh, they have a big meal. I can tell you, I, I've already talked with my mother-in-law and, and uh, she told me it's going to be ham. It's going to be cheesy potatoes, sweet potatoes, rutabaga, and uh, um, some kind of green something or another. I, I mean, she had me at ham and uh, cheesy potatoes. I was good right there. And, um, and then there's going to be a pineapple upside down cake. And if I know my mother-in-law, there will be Easter baskets and chocolate and other things involved too. It's just taking all this great food and, and, and rejoicing in it. Maybe this is a good time for you to pull out some of those family favorites. And maybe, maybe even think beyond Easter Sunday. Because when you think about the church year, we usually consider every Sunday to be a little Easter. So maybe for the Easter season, make a special point of Sunday dinner. You know, because Sunday dinner is not just about the food, it's about the family. It's about the gifts of love and forgiveness and reconciliation and, and being together. Feast on that and just make that something a little bit more central to your life. Uh, put a little different priority on that for a few weeks. Maybe look for an opportunity to get together with some of your Christian friends to just really celebrate together that Christ is risen from the dead. What a, what a joyful thing. Um, in, in the same vein with food, sometimes we eat special foods at different times of the year. Um, back at Christmas time, I think I mentioned pickled herring is something that for me is part of that season. Um, at Easter, you got some similar kinds of things. Um, you'll probably put together some Easter baskets and there'll be some candy in there and some treats. I, I gotta tell you, Cadbury makes these little chocolate eggs. I'm not talking about those cream-filled things. Those are disgusting. Uh, these things are a little bit more like an M&M where they've got the candy shell and mm, it's a good thing they don't give those out year round because uh, I have enough problems uh, staying off of them through the Easter season. Um, other things people might eat at this time of year. Maybe make a leg of lamb. You know, that's something special. Um, I know a, a wonderful lady in my congregation, and I was blessed with it last year. Um, she gave us pickled beets with pickled eggs and fresh horseradish. It's, a, it's an Easter tradition, and uh, it, it's, it's lovely. It's something special uh, for that time of year. And, you know, I mentioned alcohol earlier, but maybe, maybe you gave up wine and alcohol for Lent. Maybe it's time to have a... A, a, a nice beer, uh, something special to you, something that, that you really enjoy. Again, not overindulging and definitely not if you can't handle that. It's better to abstain than to, you know, break your sobriety. But, you know, if, if you can handle it, if this is part of your life, why not have a nice bottle of wine and share it with friends and family? Or, or you know, make, make a nice cocktail with your family and, and enjoy those good gifts. Here's another idea. Dress up. Um, when you come to church on Sunday, guys, maybe throw on a tie. Maybe wear a suit. Um, you know, some, you know, polish the shoes. Dress to the nines. You know, look really, really sharp. Ladies, you know, your, your best dress, your best, you know, uh, outfit. You know, some nice jewelry. 
Or how about, remember back in the day when ladies wore an Easter bonnet? Uh, maybe pull that back out or even get some Easter gloves. That'd be pretty cool. Um, am I saying these things are required that we should do these? No, I'm just saying do it for the fun of it. Uh, do it because it'll be a blast. You do it because you're, you're celebrating uh, uh, something really good that God has done. You might consider some special music uh, for the Easter season. And uh, I've I, I put some songs, names of songs on the uh, blog page that you can take a look at. But I'm thinking of uh, songs like uh, Keith Green's Easter Song. Uh, that's one that every morning, uh, every Easter morning, I blare that through the house. Um, my kids don't necessarily appreciate that. Um, but it is a tradition and it's something that, you know, it's just full of joy. Um, I think of uh, the Newsboys in Christ Alone or Chris Tomlin's uh, Jesus Messiah. You know, these are some really good songs that I think speak to uh, the season. Um, maybe pull out some hymns. If you play piano, great opportunity to get the family together and sing some hymns together. Like Jesus Christ is risen today. Now all the vault of heaven resounds. I know that my Redeemer lives. Um, these things proclaim the gospel. And uh, I have a favorite Easter hymn. It's a little bit, it's a little bit on the odd side, but I would encourage you to, to check it out. It's called The Strife is O'er the Battle Done. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Uh, it's maybe a little bit on the difficult side for some people, but uh, the poetry of it is just fantastic. So, you know, check it out. Um, maybe some classical pieces like uh, Handel's Messiah, uh, Bach's Easter Oratorio. Um, I was doing a little bit of research and I found this gorgeous piece by Rimsky-Korsakova. And if I butchered his name, I apologize. Um, but uh, it's a Russian piece and it's called Russian Easter Overture. Beautiful. So celebratory. Um, it's uh, a good time to enjoy creation. Uh, T.S. Eliot once said that April is the cruelest month because it so fluctuates and it's all over the place, especially in a place like Northeast Ohio, where we are. But uh, this season of showers that bring May flowers, um, it, it's, it's kind of this shifting weather. And there are nice days this month. Some of the first really nice days of the year are coming here in April. And it's a great time to get out and to rejoice. Um, share some flowers. You know, so often, you know, we decorate the church with all kinds of flowers and it's gorgeous and you walk in and there's this beautiful scent as you walk into the church and maybe get your loved one a, a corsage. That used to be a big Easter tradition. Or um, give some people some Easter lilies. Um, or how about this? Easter is all about the resurrection. Maybe get some flowers and go to the grave of a loved one and decorate the grave in the, in the sure and certain hope of Christ's resurrection. Um, I think Easter, the whole season, is a time for a renewed focus on the resurrection. And I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't talk about using God's word as part of our feasting uh, for the Easter season. Here at uh, Gloria Day, uh, I'm, I'm encouraging people to read the Acts of the Apostles uh, during the Easter season. I'm going to break it up into some smaller chunks. I don't know if it'll make it the whole 50 days or not, but uh, um, yeah, it, all through the book, the apostles and the early Christians are testifying that Christ really is risen. These were the people who saw him. They stood there. They touched him. Uh, people who could very easily falsify 
whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. And they faced even death rather than turning away from this good news of Jesus' salvation and his resurrection. And another thing that we will do here, and I'm sure lots of churches will do this throughout the Easter season, is that we'll use that traditional Easter greeting, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And here, here's, here's the real idea behind all of this. Why feast for 50 days? The real idea behind this is that Christ is risen from the dead, and that is good news. We have a great reason to, to celebrate this joyful event. It's too big to celebrate in one day. So let's, let's celebrate it for 50 days, and let's celebrate it every Sunday. Because as we, as we live in this world, there, there's lots of sorrow, isn't there? And the sorrow is real. But so is the joy. So is the joy of God's salvation. So grab it with both hands and revel in God's salvation and feast for 50 days. God's blessings. Mm -hmm.